Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalo, and on this show, I interview women and a few cool dudes, all of them entrepreneurs, change makers, artists, and healers, about what fires them up and how they put their dreams into action. And today, I'm really excited to have with me an intuitive business leadership coach, Terry Wildeman. Thank you for coming on today, Terry. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to where this is going to go. I know. An intuitive business coach. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about what that means. Well, it's actually intuitive leadership. Leadership. It's intuitive leadership. But the intuition piece is huge because so many leaders run away from their intuition. Who do you know has not listened to their intuition and lived to regret it? I know a lot of folks who have. And when a leader does that, what happens is they start begin to second guess themselves. Decision making gets challenging. They don't listen to that gut or the images in their head or the words that come to them that seem disembodied. What ends up happening is because they didn't listen to it, they beat themselves up afterwards because the results that manifest from, what, from not listening or what they didn't want to happen. Mm -hmm. So they might have listened to someone else's opinion over their own. Exactly. And then regretted it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So in leadership, it's really important that we trust those signals. We trust those messages. We learn to listen to ourselves. We listen to our bodies. We listen to the aches and the pains. We listen to the scenarios that happen. Uh, in front of us that guide us every step along the way to making great decisions as we lead other along the path with us because let's face it with as leaders we have a following and it's up to us to serve that following it's not the other way around it's not about them serving us it's about we serving them well that's a really different perspective isn't it well it's servant leadership it, it's an idea that's been around for a long 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 time mm -hmm. But what happens is when we, leaders who think it's all about them and fail to recognize that their people are what will help them get their goal, they're the ones who don't always do very well because their people don't feel valued. Their people don't feel like they're part of the process. They don't feel like they're a team member. And when the leader comes in and they ask of their people to do things that the leader would do him or herself, they feel valued, they feel appreciated, and they want to do everything possible for their leader because their leader believes in them. It's a connection, it's trust. And that value that these employees feel or whoever the followers feel is what helps the leader get their message out there. Mm. And that's why I love working with intuitive leadership because when leaders realize that their biggest commodity is not the end user or the customer, it's their employees. Their employees are their very first customer. Wow, that's, I love that shift in perspective. Yeah, it's, it works, it's been around for a while. Yeah. So. I'd love to hear more about it, but I'd like to take a step back and sure. find out 
how did you get involved in the field of intuitive leadership? Um, what, what's your background that brought you to this place? My degree is in criminal justice, of all things. I, oh, was, a, I was a police <laughs> officer in my 20s. Wow. And, however, I got through college in hospitality. And my very first business was at the age of 18. And it was in multi-level marketing, a direct sales company. And I really learned very well how to sell and how to market myself. Hospitality is what got me to understand what customer service was really all about and about teammanship. And in my latest book, The, the Enchanted Boardroom, I write about an episode that happened in my first job out of college where I was hired as a waitress along with a friend of mine. At that time, we called them waitresses as a server. And within three months, she was promoted to assistant, to dining room manager, and I became the assistant dining room manager. And something very interesting happened. She took on the role of leadership as I'm the boss, I'm the one in control, swinging her keys around as she walked through the restaurant. I took on the role when she was not there of these are my people, these are my team members. These are the people that I'm meant to serve. So I would constantly be bussing and helping them and doing everything that needed to be done to help them and help and ensure that the customer, the end user, had a great, great experience. And one day I looked at the uh, calendar and I, and I said to one of the guys who was standing next to me, why is everybody signing up on my nights? And he said, don't you get it? You treat us with trust and respect. We want to work with you because you're a team player. And I was 22 years old. And I was dumbfounded because what I knew naturally just happened. I just did that. And that attitude just persisted. And I just kept, not persisted, but it just kept evolving and evolving and evolving. And all through my law enforcement, and I stopped law enforcement in about, about at the age of 27 when I owned my own leadership, not my own leadership, my own um, manufacturing company. We built electrical control panels and baggage racks for the railroad industry. And because of my marketing and sales attitude and experience, because I had been in business at that point 10 years, because I still had my business on the side, it just sort of landed in my lap. And okay, why not? Let's do this. So you were selling electrical control panels and baggage racks for the railroad industry. Wow. I own, we manufactured them. We, uh, I had an engineering staff that did the engineering. It was small, but it was fun. I got my PhD in that job, let me tell you. <laughs> it was crazy. And then at the age of 30, my doctor said I'm not going to live past 30 if I didn't take back off because I was working seven days a week, 16 hours a day. Mm. So I got rid of the business, got married, and became an image consultant right after that to have a fun job, real fun job. And my daughter was the youngest graduate of image school with me. And that was really the beginning of the current business today. Mm. Because in teaching women, professional women and men, about image management, body language, so it's not just about clothes. It's not just about clothes. We got into everything, and I kept getting asked to deliver customer service training and then leadership training, and it just kept going on and on and on. And 
next thing I know, we evolved into this. Certification after certification after certification, growing, learning. Um, so, and this now is your, you work with executives? I work with executives, I work with entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are actually my favorite. Since I've been in business since I was 18 years, years old, I understand their struggles. It's tough being an entrepreneur. And if you're a parent, it's really tough because you're juggling a business and you're juggling a family. And I was a military spouse, so we were moving. I moved uh, 12 times in 10 years. And it was before the internet. So I would just be going and doing really, really well. Next. <laughs> Getting up and going. And it taught me a lot, though. It taught me a lot about relationships and how to keep them up. Now it's very easy with the internet. But then it was a whole different ballgame because we lived in England and we traveled all over Europe and I was, able, I was published in France and I was um, interacting with wonderful, wonderful British women in the image field out there. It was fantastic. And then we came back to the States and... Um, 25 years ago, it was 1995 when we came back, and it was brilliant just seeing how everybody was evolving. And it was a very different culture. I had to reintegrate from being in England to being back in the United States and start all over again. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's fantastic that you got yeah. to see the world from so many different perspectives and yeah. make, your, make some kind of impact in every place that you went. We did, and it was a lot of fun. I love learning. I love learning about the culture. I love helping people be the best that they can be because these skill sets that I have, just by listening and asking open-ended questions, you learn so much about how to be heard and understood in all these different cultures because everyone's different. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's so much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. So do you feel like that travel has impacted your work today as an intuitive uh, leadership yeah, coach? Great question. Yes, I do. Uh, because one thing that I saw as a military spouse and now as a military mom, my oldest is a lieutenant in the Navy, that no matter where we go, leadership rings true when it's done well. Mm -hmm. It's all about people. And it really doesn't matter what culture it's in. It's always about the people. And I talk about my book about the waterfall effect. And you and I both know water has so much power and energy. When you put the customer at the top of the waterfall and your employees at the bottom of the waterfall, how hard is it for them to reach the customer? They're like salmon trying to go upstream. They're tired and exhausted. Flip over to the other waterfall, put the employee at the top of the waterfall and the client at the bottom. When the employee is nurtured and feels great, that wonderful energy just flows down to the customer and you become the go-to person. Everywhere I went, that same uh, philosophy fit. Mm. It worked. And the companies that put the customer first, the employees were struggling. The companies that put, I'm sorry, the, the companies that put the customer first, mm -hmm. the employees were struggling. The companies that put the employees first, 
they were working beautifully. Southwest is a perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. Southwest Airlines. Mm -hmm. I love interacting with their employees, and I always talk about. I always ask them questions. How long have you been here? How do you like working here? I have yet to get a negative response in 10 years of traveling Southwest. That's fantastic. So you've mentioned your book. Can yes. we have a look? Yes, The Enchanted Boardroom. I love the name. It came to me in meditation. I was actually having some energy work done. And when I was coming out of the energy work, I heard the words, The Enchanted Boardroom, and I went, oh, that's the name of my next book. Mm. And the image came, the whole, the, the whole thing. And when I shared, when, when I met my publisher, it was one of those where I put it up on my chart, and it's a chart that I share in here, a business plan. I put on my chart that I want my ideal publisher to show up. They found me on LinkedIn and called me the next day. And when I met with him out in California, I shared with him a little bit of what I wanted in the picture, and then he started to describe the picture, and it was exactly what was in my head. I went, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> And he's great, Justin Sachs with Motivational Press. He's absolutely wonderful. Uh -huh. And so, yes. So what on. is an enchanted boardroom? You're going to like this, based on what we've talked about already. The enchanted boardroom is the ability to go within, to shift into your heart, and bring in your guides, whether they're angelic guides, whether they are guides from the past, to um, Ascended Masters, whoever it is around your boardroom table. And when you bring them into your boardroom, it's about asking the questions that you need help with. Now just imagine a physical boardroom and every person bringing their own enchanted boardroom into their heart, being very guided, positively guided, with the answers that are going to be delivered as they're interacting. So your enchanted boardroom goes two ways. This is a double-edged sword. This is a physical board where everybody is tuned and tapped and turned on, as um, Abraham would say, who is um, a friend of Esther Hicks. Abraham is uh, a channeled? A channeled entity through, Abraham, through uh, Esther, Esther Hicks. Esther Hicks, yes. okay. And his line is the tuned and tapped, become tuned and tapped and turned on. Tuned in. Tapped in. Tapped in. Turned on. Turned on. Uh -huh. yeah. So the tuned in, tapped in, turned on leader around the boardroom knows how to communicate, understands how to manage their stress levels, understands how to speak in a positive manner, understands how to go within to become more resilient, listen to their intuition, make better decisions. All of that is in this book. So it goes two ways. Again, the physical, imagine everybody being able to do that, and then personal, going inside from a spiritual perspective and tapping in. My own uh, enchanted boardroom, it looks like a boardroom table, and I have some pretty, I've had some pretty wild visitors. Mm -hmm. uh, George Washington, Ronald Reagan, um, uh, Mahatma Gandhi has come in, Mother Teresa has come in, mm -hmm. and I've gotten lovely answers from them on some challenges that I've had. Mm -hmm. So do you believe that everybody can cultivate this kind of inner boardroom where they bring in support and help from others? 
I believe that everyone with practice, with uh -huh. practice, okay. has the ability to shift into their heart and tune into their heart. Mm -hmm. The stress resiliency is huge to the Enchanted Wardrobe. Learning how to shift into the body is huge to connecting with yourself and your intuition. I believe that that is a learned skill. Mm -hmm. And within that learned skill, you use the Enchanted Boardroom as you need to. Not everybody's gonna go where I go. Not everybody's gonna go where you go. Not everybody's gonna go where uh, Patty or Michael or whoever goes to. Everybody's different. I do believe though that connecting, and I know it, uh, white papers with stress resiliency organizations such as the HeartMath Institute, who I'm certified with, I'm licensed with them uh, in stress resiliency. When you connect with the heart, the heart itself is a brain, and it actually is in coherence at that point with the brain and the head. So you're connecting with the brain and the head and the brain and the heart. And the brain and the heart actually sends more messages to the brain than the brain does to the heart. Mm. And you can measure the electromagnetic field of the heart six to 10 feet away from the body in a 360 degree circumference. And the electromagnetic field of the brain is only two inches. Mm. So when you shift into the body, you're learning more stress resiliency, you're increasing your DHA levels, you're lowering your cortisol levels, and you become more present in the moment. Mm -hmm. And when you're present in that manner, that's where you can truly tap into your intuitive psyche. You can tap into the messages that come and trust them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for a business leader, Mm -hmm. when they are tapped in or they're connected within on a physical, spiritual way, mm -hmm. then they, you would say that they have uh, a sense of ease yes. throughout their day in their interactions, in their decision-making, mm -hmm. in their choices of how to strategize business. Exactly. Everything that's in the Enchanted Boardroom and the way I work, whether it's my workshops or my speeches or whatever it is that I'm doing, it's about integrating the practical, the tactical, and the logical with the emotional, the energetic, the intuitive, the spiritual, and the physical. Mm -hmm. And when you integrate it all, you are working on all cylinders. And when you work on all cylinders, you're so fully present that you can see things in a very different way than you did before. You're open, you, you become more of an open channel to what are the possibilities, what to listen to, what to see. Um, you tune into how you feel, you become cognizant of your mindset. It's about, sh and I know for myself, I'm constantly shifting mindset and tuning into myself because different things happen, That's events right. happen. So it's about how we respond because Absolutely. when you're in business there are challenges that come up there are things that break down there are exactly lots of things outside of our control yes so you're saying when you have this anchor mm -hmm. inside then it changes how you respond to things you have more cylinders you you have choices you have more choices you have okay. more choices in how to respond to those events mm -hmm. whereas before you may have responded to those events in a very dramatic way. Mm -hmm. Now, it's you respond to those events 
in a cool, calm, collected way. Mm -hmm. As I say to folks, you know, in the olden days, we used to say, leave your emotions at the door. And I've, that never felt right to me. Mm -hmm. My mantra is, oh, no, no, bring your emotions with you because your emotions are a necessary part of your leadership. Leave the drama at the door. Leave the drama at the door. <laughs> Leave the drama uh -huh. at the door. Uh-huh. Yes, that's a really interesting and important distinction. Yes, it is. Okay, so let's say, obviously, go get the book to learn. The Enchanted Boardroom. The Enchanted Boardroom. But mm -hmm. if you're going to give some recommendations or mm -hmm. tips to people about how to cultivate, what are your top three tips? Well, the first tip is, I'm going to share this with you because this was my giveaway that I, that I mentioned to you. This is the bookmark that I use in here. And you can actually download this. On the back is a quick shift technique. Mm -hmm. It's a technique to teach you how to get into that zone. And you can go to quickshiftzone.com. Quickshiftzone.com. And you can download the four steps to shift into your heart center. And you can do this. I do this every hour. My computer is set to say out loud what the time is. And when that happens, that's my cue to quick shift to mm -hmm. make sure that I am grounded and centered in whatever it is that I'm doing. And I use it all the time. And I suggest to folks that they put this in the mirror, mm -hmm. uh, on the mirror, put it in the car, put it in your handbag. So whenever there's any stressful incident that happens, you can grab it and it just boom, mm. boom, 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 four little steps that get you tuned in again to yourself. That's great. It's easy. Yeah. What, what else do you recommend? Listen to what is going on around you. In coaching school, we were taught about third level listening. And I went to CTI. Which is? Uh, Coaches Training Institute. And that was back in, they, they were one of the big three that started the um, ICF, the International um, Coaches Federation, International Coaching Federation. And I graduated from there in 2000. And the one thing that I really learned well from them was with third level listening, listen to the things that are going on around you. If somebody says something and a phone goes off, there's a connection, pay attention to what was said. If you're walking and a cardinal comes by, the cardinal is a spiritual message, the, car the color red, that's the message of leadership. Um, say that, um, one of the things, numbers, we were talking about numbers before the show. I kept seeing 333, 444, 222, all those numbers were on license as I was driving in. Those are messages to me that everything is exactly as it needs to be. That's third level listening. Instead of constantly being in your head, so you add that to the thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And it, it's a guide. It's actually, it contributes to your roadmap. Mm -hmm. So that's number two. That's number What's two. your third? Learn about yourself. Take a real good look in the mirror and be really honest about the things that you like and the things that you don't like that can be changed. I took a DISC profile the very first time in, I want to say 25 years ago, and I got a report. And then there were so many different things that I didn't like about myself. And I kept saying, nope, 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 that's not me, that's not me. 
Two weeks later, I read it again. I went, I did everything that was on there. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about this. So needless to say, I got certified in DISC. And what it did was it helped me get very clear on those parts of myself that are pretty good. And those parts of myself that, ooh, we need to tweak and really grow and, 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 and massage those areas to be the kind of person that I want to be. And that was very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. So those are the three big things. Do a, either MBTI or a DISC. I don't know or, a, a MBTI. Oh, Myers-Briggs. Uh, mm -hmm. Myers-Briggs uh, profile or a Strengths Finder profile mm -hmm. or any of those pro uh, behavior personality profiles. Mm -hmm. Do them. Learn about yourself mm -hmm. because we're not objective about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's pretty inter interesting, the stuff that comes up. That's awesome. Well, one of the things I really love to do is I have a box of different qualities written on cards, and I mm. like to ask my guests to pick one and just riff mm. on whatever you pick. I love this. I do this in my workshops. It's so much fun. <laughs> Of course, resilience. <laughs> <laughs> there are no mistakes. As a resiliency coach, and that's what I do, I literally bring leaders back from the brink of burnout. And in helping them come back from the brink of burnout, it's important for me to help them do that because I myself burned out multiple times. Mm -hmm. So this is huge. And by learning, more res learning to become more resi resilient, you can tap into your intuition easier and easier and easier the more resilient and tuned in that you become. Mm. That's pretty cool. That's nice. So speaking of resilience, what would you say is one of the big challenges that you had in your journey that you were able to bounce back from using resilience? Well, these multiple burnouts were created by the go to, go to, go to, have to, have to, have to mentality, which a lot of us have, because we're chasing the work-life balance myth, and the work-life balance myth doesn't exist. What I had to learn, and I really learned it during my husband's command, uh, command officer tour, three years, give, 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 and I was raising two little girls at the time. I had no boundaries. I was on a mission to give. I was on a mission to lead. I was on a mission to be the best leader that I possibly could be. The end result was I ended up having to heal for six months after that tour because I didn't put up boundaries. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest lesson for me when it comes to resilience. And it was always about boundaries. Because those of us who are servant leaders, those of us who are constantly in leadership roles wanting to serve, it is about learning how to say no. It is about learning about what you are capable of. It is about delegating. It is about trusting and believing in other people. It is about understanding how to communicate what you want instead of what you don't want. It is about seeing the light in other people instead of what's wrong with them. Mm. You know, you know that drill. We tend to look at folks and we can become very critical. But when you look at the light and the positive sides of them, you fall in love with them all over again. Yeah, that's so beautiful. So that's what this is about. That's really beautiful. 
seeing the what is what we appreciate, what is working correctly, what we want to have setting our intentions for what we want mm -hmm. rather than to looking at things of what we don't want. Exactly. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your just incredible wisdom and the depth of your understanding of how we can operate in the world as more empowered human beings. Thank you. It, this was fun. Oh, great. Thanks so much for coming on. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, be sure to tune in to the next episode. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.